Good morning. Today is Friday, August 2nd, 2019. Our readings for this morning are Psalm 69, verses 1 through 23, with optional 24 through 30, and 31 through 38. 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, Acts chapter 17, verses 1 through 15, and Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. We give you thanks, O God. We give you thanks, calling upon your name and declaring all your wonderful deeds. Dearly beloved, we have come together in the presence of Almighty God, our Heavenly Mother, to set forth her praise, to hear her holy word, and to ask for ourselves and on behalf of others those things that are necessary for our life and our salvation. And so that we may prepare ourselves in heart and mind to worship her, let us kneel in silence and with penitent and obedient hearts confess our sins, that we may obtain forgiveness by her infinite goodness and mercy. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on us. Forgive us all our sins through the grace of Jesus Christ. Strengthen us in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. Amen. O God, let our mouth proclaim your praise and your glory all the day long. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Alleluia. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. O God, be merciful to us and bless us. Show us the light of your countenance and come to us. Let your ways be known upon earth, your saving health among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide all the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Psalm 69. And I think we're just going to go ahead and read this one all the way through. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. 
Many are those who would destroy me, my enemies who accuse me falsely. What I did not steal must I now restore? O God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Do not let those who hope in you be put to shame because of me. O Lord God of hosts, do not let those who seek you be dishonored because of me, O God of Israel. It is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that shame has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my kindred, an alien to my mother's children. It is zeal for your house that has consumed me. The insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. When I humbled my soul with fasting, they insulted me for doing so. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the subject of gossip for those who sit in the gate and the drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me. With your faithful help, rescue me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Do not let the flood sweep over me, or the deep swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good, According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to me, redeem me, set me free because of my enemies. You know the insults I receive and my shame and dishonor. My foes are all known to you. Insults have broken my heart so that I am in despair. I looked for pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me vinegar to drink. Let their table be a trap for them, a snare for their allies. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see, and make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them, and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation. Let no one live in their tents, for they persecute those whom you have struck down, and those whom you have wounded they attack still more. Add guilt to their guilt, that they may have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Do not let them be enrolled among the righteous. But I am lowly and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, protect me. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify God with thanksgiving. This will please God more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. Let the oppressed see it and be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. For God hears the needy and does not despise God's own that are in bonds. Let heaven and earth praise God, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and rebuild the cities of Judah, and his servants shall live there and possess it. The children of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall live in it. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. A reading from 2 Samuel chapter 5, verses 1-12. through 12. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and said, Look, we are your bone and flesh. For some time while Saul was king over us, it was you who let out Israel and brought it in. The Lord said to you, It is you who shall be shepherd of my people Israel, you who shall be ruler over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed David king over Israel.
David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. At Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and at Jerusalem, he reigned over all Israel and Judah 33 years. The king and his men marched to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here. Even the blind and the lame will turn you back, thinking, David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, which is now the city of David. David had said on that day, Whoever would strike down the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind, those whom David hates. Therefore it is said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. David occupied the stronghold and named it the city of David. David built the city all around, from the Milo inward, and David became greater and greater, and for the Lord, the God of hosts, was with him. King Hiram of Tyre sent messengers to David, along with cedar trees and carpenters and masons who built David a house. David then perceived that the Lord had established him king over Israel, and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle I, a song of Jonah. I called to you, O God, out of my distress, and you answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. How shall I ever look again upon your holy temple? The waters closed in over me. The deep was round about me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land beneath the earth, and yet you brought up my life from the depths, O God. As my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, O God, and my prayer came to you, into your holy temple. With the voice of thanksgiving, I will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will pay, for deliverance belongs to the Lord. A reading from Acts, chapter 17, verses 1 through 15. After Paul and Silas had passed through Amphipolis, Amphipolis and Apollina, they came to Thessalonica, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days argued with them from the scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Messiah to suffer and to rise from the dead, and saying, This is the Messiah, Jesus, whom I am proclaiming to you. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews became jealous, and with the help of some ruffians in the marketplaces, they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. While they were searching for Paul and Silas to bring them out to the assembly, they attacked Jason's house. When they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some believers before the city authorities, shouting, These people who have been turning the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has entertained them as guests. They are all acting contrary to the decrees of the emperor, saying that there is another king named Jesus. The people and the city officials were disturbed when they heard this, and after they had taken bail from Jason and the others, they let them go. 
That very night, the believers sent Paul and Silas off to Beroea, and when they arrived, they went to the Jewish synagogue. These Jews were more receptive than those in Thessalonica, for they welcomed the message very eagerly and examined the scripture and examined the scriptures every day to see whether these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, including not a few not a few Greek women and men of high standing. But when the Jews of Thessalonica learned that the word of God had been proclaimed by Paul and Baroah as well, they came there too to stir up and incite the crowds. Then the believers immediately sent Paul away to the coast, but Silas and Timothy remained behind. Those who conducted Paul brought him as far as Athens, and after receiving instructions to have Silas and Timothy join him as soon as possible, they left him. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Canticle 18, A Song to the Lamb Splendor and honor and royal power are yours by right, O God Most High. For you created everything that is, and by your will they were created and have their being. And yours by right, O Lamb that was slain, for with your blood you have redeemed for God, from every family, language, people, and nation, a royal priesthood to serve our God. And so to the one who sits upon the throne and to Christ the Lamb, be worship and praise, dominion and splendor, forever and forevermore. Praise to the holy and undivided Trinity, one God, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 37. From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him. And she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, and put his fingers into his ears. And then he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephaphtha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak.
The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Let's affirm our faith together using the Apostles' Creed found on page 41 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. I believe in God, the Mother Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Hear our cry, O God, and listen to our prayer. Let us pray. We will use the Litany for Healing that begins on page 30 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. Let us name before God those for whom we offer our prayers. Let us offer our prayers for God's healing, saying, Hear and have mercy. Holy God, source of health and salvation, hear and have mercy. Holy and mighty, wellspring of abundant life, hear and have mercy. Holy immortal one, protector of the faithful, hear and have mercy. Holy Trinity, the source of all wholeness, hear and have mercy. Blessed Jesus, your holy name is medicine for healing and a promise of eternal life. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, descendant of David, you healed all who came to you in faith. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, child of Mary, you embrace the world with your love. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, divine physician, you sent your disciples to preach the gospel and heal in your name. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, our true mother, you feed us the milk of your compassion. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, son of God, you take away our sin and make us whole. Hear and have mercy. Jesus, eternal Christ, your promised spirit renews our hearts and minds. Hear and have mercy. Grant your grace to heal those who are sick, we pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage and faith to all who are disabled through injury or illness. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Comfort, relieve, and heal all sick children. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Give courage to all who await surgery. We pray to you, O God. Hear and have mercy. Support and encourage those who live with chronic illness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Strengthen those who endure continual pain and give them hope. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Grant the refreshment of peaceful sleep to all who suffer. 
We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Befriend all who are anxious, lonely, despondent, or afraid. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Restore those with mental illness to clarity of mind and hopefulness of heart. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give rest to the weary and hold the dying in your loving arms. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Help us to prepare for death with confident expectation and hope of Easter joy. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Give your wisdom and compassion to healthcare workers, that they may minister to the sick and dying with knowledge, skill, and kindness. We pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Uphold those who keep watch with the sick, we pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Guide those who search for the causes and cures of sickness and disease, we pray to you, O God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Lamb of God, hear and have mercy. Jesus, bearer of our sins, hear and have mercy. Jesus, Redeemer of the world, hear and have mercy. Our Mother who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Compassionate God, you so loved the world that you sent us Jesus to bear our infirmities and afflictions. Through acts of healing, He revealed you as the true source of health and salvation. For the sake of your Christ who suffered and died for us, conquered death and now reigns with you in glory, hear the cry of your people. Have mercy on us, make us whole, and bring us at last into the fullness of your eternal life. Amen. We will continue with prayers for the sick beginning on page 64 of Enriching Our Worship, Volume 2. May God the Mother bless you, God the Son heal you, God the Holy Spirit give you strength. May God the Holy and Undivided Trinity guard your body, save your soul, and bring you safely to God's heavenly country, where God lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, watch with us over your children and bear our yearning that they may be restored to health. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Gentle Jesus, stay beside your children through this day. Take away their pain. Keep them safe. Help them in their fear. Make their bodies strong again and their hearts glad. Thank you for your love which surrounds them always. Amen. Gentle Jesus, you are God's word of healing to us. Be with us now that we may know your presence in one another and rise up in joy to greet you. Grant this for your love's sake. Amen. Blessed Jesus, living water, solid rock, 
Uphold your children. Loose the fetters of sickness. Break their yokes of pain. And from this land of affliction, lead them home. Amen. Loving God, your heart overflows with compassion for your whole creation. Pour out your spirit on all persons living with illness for which we have no cure, as well as their families and loved ones. Help them to know that you claim them as your own. Deliver them from fear and pain, and send your archangel Raphael to minister to their needs. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Merciful God, in your love and wisdom, you know the needs and fears of your people before we can name them. Grant that your children and we who watch with them may be enabled to surrender all our cares to you as you care for us. Give us peace of mind and unshakable trust in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in your last agony, you commended your spirit to your Father. We seek your mercy for your children and all who are dying. May death become for them as it was for you, a birth to everlasting life. Receive those whom we commend to you with the blessed assurance that whether we wake or sleep, we remain with you, one God, forever. Amen. Merciful God, whose son Jesus wept at the death of Lazarus, Look with compassion on all who are bound by sorrow and pain through the death of your loved ones and ours. Comfort us, grant us the conviction that all things work together for the good to those who love you, and help us to find sure trust and confidence in your resurrection power. Through Jesus Christ, our Deliverer. Amen. In your tender mercies, O God, remember your children who expect or have just received a grave diagnosis. Help us to trust in your goodness and believe that after a time of trial, we shall be established on the firm foundation of your deliverance. Amen. God of all comfort, our very present help in trouble, be near to your children for whom our prayers are offered. Look on us with the eyes of your mercy. Comfort us with a sense of your presence. Preserve us from the enemy, and give us patience in, your, in our afflictions. Restore us to health, and lead us to your eternal glory. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Christ, light of light, brightness indescribable, the wisdom, power, and glory of God, the Word made flesh, you overcame the forces of Satan, redeemed the world, and then ascended again to the Mother. Grant us, we pray, in this tarnished world, the shining of your splendor. Send your Archangel Michael to defend us, to guard our going out and coming in, and to bring us safely to your presence, where you reign in the one holy and undivided trinity, to ages of ages. Amen. Blessed Jesus, in the comfort of your love, we lay before you the memories that haunt your children, the anxieties that perplex them, the despair that frightens them, and their frustration at their inability to think clearly. Help us to discover your forgiveness in their memories and know your peace in their distress. Touch them, O Lord, and fill them with your light and your hope. Amen. O blessed God, you ministered to all who came to you. 
Look with compassion upon all who through addiction have lost their health and freedom. Restore to them the assurance of your unfailing mercy. Remove from them the fears that beset them. Strengthen them in the work of their recovery. And to those who care for them, give patient understanding and persevering love. God, the strength of the weak and the comfort of those who suffer, hear our prayers and grant your children the power of your grace, that their sickness may be turned into health and our sorrow into joy. For Jesus Christ's sake, amen. Spirit of all healing, visit your children. In your power, renew health within them and raise them up in joy according to your loving kindness, for which we give thanks and praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Gracious God, only source of life and health, help, comfort, and relieve your children, and give your power of healing to those who minister to their needs, that their weakness may be turned to strength and confidence in your loving care. For the sake of Jesus Christ. Amen. O God, our refuge and strength in these places of unrelenting light and noise, Enfold your children in your holy darkness and silence, that they may rest secure under the shadow of your wings. Amen. Sanctify, O God, the sickness of your servants, that the sense of their weakness may add strength to their faith and seriousness to their repentance, and grant that they may live with you in everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Loving God, we pray that you will comfort your children in their suffering, lend skill to the hands of their healers, and bless the means used for their cure. Give them such confidence in the power of your grace that even when they are afraid, they may put their whole trust in you, through our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Strengthen your servants, O God, to go where we have to go and bear what we have to bear that accepting your healing gifts at the hands of surgeons, nurses, and technicians, they may, we may be restored to wholeness with a thankful heart. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Holy One, you do not distance yourself from the pain of your people, but in Jesus bear that pain with us and bless all who suffer at others' hands. Hallow our flesh and all creation. With your cleansing love, bring healing and strength to your children. And by your justice, lift us up, that in the body you have given us, we may again rejoice. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christ, you came into the world as one of us and suffered as we do. As we go through the trials of life, help us to realize that you are with us at all times and in all things, that we have no secrets from you, and that your loving grace enfolds us for eternity. In the security of your embrace, we pray. Amen. God, your loving kindness never fails, and your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for giving us relief from pain and hope of health renewed. Continue the good work begun in us, that increasing daily in wholeness and strength, we may rejoice in your goodness and so order our life always to think and do that which pleases you. Through Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Loving God, inspire by your Holy Spirit those who are afraid of losing hope, especially the men and women of the 107th for whom we now pray, 
for those at the border, for refugees everywhere, and in every circumstance, whether it be refugees from a church that has wounded them, a country that has alienated them, a violence that has done grievous harm and massacre to many families. For all of these, Lord God, we pray that you give a fresh vision of your love, that they may find again what they fear they have lost. Grant them your powerful deliverance through the one who makes all things new, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Giver of all grace, we pray your peace, which passes all understanding. For those who are developmentally disabled, grant that they may always be sustained in love, their gifts honored, and their difficulties understood, that none may add to their troubles. We ask this in the name of the one who comforted those who were troubled in mind, Jesus, our Savior. Amen. God, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. All right, now is the time when I usually share some personal thoughts on our readings. To me, this is what I think of as a justice psalm, where the psalmist cries out with transparency and openness, openness, laying it all out there before God and then asking for God's redemption. And I love the humanity here. Pour out your indignation upon them and let your burning over anger overtake them. The visceral images here, I think, are something that helps the psalmist transfer his anger. So the psalmist gives his anger to God and trusts in God to do God's justice. And I think that the lesson that we can take here is that we can give everything to God. We, we need not water it down. We need not distill it. There are so many times in our world, especially for women and children, women and young people, I, I believe, are smothered and stifled and suffocated. They are told that their voices should be toned down, that their, that their tones themselves should be dulcet and sweet and charming. We don't get to be angry. We don't get to be loud, according to our culture, which is bullshit. And so a place where we can come in all of our anger and loudness with our big feelings and not be asked to dilute ourselves is with God. So that's the first thing that I take from this psalm, that I may come in all my loudness and color and feeling to God and express it just as it is without filtering. And then trust in God to take the action on my behalf and where it be God's will to spur me to take my own action 
but in a way that is not reactive or defensive or in any way unmeasured, but in a way that is deliberate and thoughtful and intentional. And this is important for me at a time when I must be measured and intentional and I want nothing more than to take justice and just, well, I guess maybe it might be vengeance, and to wreak it with my own two hands, I must instead first come before God and enter into cooperation with God. And the very first step to that is laying it out with God, having it out putting it out, whatever expression that you want to use, but all of those things. So all of that reaction and all of the wounding and and all the immediacy, I think is the word I've been searching for, give to God. And then together with God, work it out and allow God to direct my next step. Allow any action I take to be filtered not through my woundedness, or the context of my culture, but through God and God alone. It was a very personal response to the psalm, and I hope that it was not too skewed by my own context at this present moment. May the Holy Spirit make something useful of my response. Amen. Our Old Testament reading... And Samuel um, speaks about David. And there's one particular verse here that I was like, what? And I had to go look it up. It was that David said, whoever would strike down the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind, those whom David hates. And my commentator, it is interesting, mentions that several scholars think that this meant strike at the windpipe to kill the enemy instead of leaving any wounded, any blind or lame. So this is interesting that David, I believe here, and it might be a stretch, but go with me, that that David does not want those on the battlefield left wounded and suffering. He believes in a clean kill, so to speak, a quick and decisive death to the enemy rather than leaving them wounded and suffering and perhaps living out a life maimed. And I have to think that in the context, there might have been a practice to when the enemy was defeated but living to maim them and then leave them as either some sort of message or retribution or vengeance. And I think that that is inhumane. And so perhaps here the writer is advocating for a more humane practice of warfare. From our New Testament reading in Acts, as you all might have guessed, there are a couple of things I really liked about here, particularly the mention of not just the women, but leading women and women of high standing. And so I think that that is a lovely recognition that even in that Greco-Roman culture and, um, and context of the time, that there were women leaders and women of high standing. And so I take hope. I am heartened in that. 
And then I, I like also, you guys have heard me talk about this before, um, arguing at that time, meaning just like making a case or um, arguing the point, so to speak, almost like, like um, using the philosophical um, formula to prove the point. And so I like that Paul goes forth and he reasons with them, convincing them that Jesus was the Messiah. And then I think it's very interesting that the, the Jews who didn't want to see this, and I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that because it was something that they were afraid to see, because it felt like it was diminishing them or diminishing their belief system and their structure. And it's so amazing to me that they were waiting all this time, all these millennia, for Christ to come, and then they didn't want to see Christ when Christ came because they were so comfortable with the way things were. And they were afraid. They were afraid of the change. They were afraid of waking up. And that's so, so much like some of what's happening now in our culture where the, um, those who are comfortable with the way things were don't want them to change, and they're just struggling against it. And, and it is a very active struggle. Like the Jews travel to this other city to incite, and I think that's really interesting because we've been talking, and you know, on that politics podcast that I love, Pantsuit Politics, they we um, we they've been doing a series on constitutional amendments and freedom of speech and what the word incite means, especially in terms of inciting violence through our language, right? And counter protests and and a different kind of argument, right? <laughs> a counter argument that seeks not to understand the other side. And the way I picture it is we spend all of this time yelling back and forth at each other about how right we are instead of coming and sitting down literally and figuratively together and seeking first to understand, as St. Francis would say. Our gospel reading this morning, miracles, again, the mother whose daughter had an unclean spirit. And this is a verse that, you know, or a passage that used to trouble me um, when he said, let the child, children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Um, And Jewish or Jesus here is exhibiting what my commentator calls a surprise, surprisingly provincial attitude here. And here's what I think. I think Jesus displays this attitude in order that this woman may rise up against it. And I think that's very interesting because I know that Jesus didn't feel that way that outsiders were less worthy. But he presents, as we're talking about cases and arguments, he presents the case of the unenlightened so that light may shine upon it. I have spoken before in, in this setting at this venue on this platform about how 
one of the ways in which God works God's good through the things that are happening around us that are evil or even happening to us is that God shines the light. So this provincial attitude, I believe, is parallel to the ignorance and the bigotry of the attitudes that are surfacing in our culture now, um, that there are those of high standing who have made it okay to say the ugly and bigoted and disgusting things that some have been hiding in their hearts. There is a TED talk I watched years ago on walking boldly toward our bias and the way in which God's good is working through the evil and bigotry and bias is that when we see it for what it is, we can address it. And so I pray that all of the ugly that is surfacing is an opportunity for healing to happen, just as it happened for this woman and her daughter. And I believe that the healing here was twofold, not just the daughter from the demon, but also the mother from the oppressive culture in which she was a second-class citizen. May God's justice be done freeing all of the oppressed and disenfranchised and made to feel less than in our culture, in our world, in our homes, in our hearts. For there is no place that God cannot go. May we be conduits of God's restoration and redemption, and may justice be done in and through us in our communities, our workplaces, everywhere. Amen. And then Jesus heals a deaf man. He takes away that which is blocking the man's speech, and the man speaks clearly. And I think that this is both literal and metaphoric. There are so many ways in which our communication is blocked, either in transmission or receiving. And I pray that God's miraculous healing of the way we communicate with each other, with God, and with ourselves be healed, that we no longer call ourselves names, and put ourselves down, that we no longer block our ears from hearing others, and that our mouths not be blocked from speaking God's good and godly word. My son said to me the other day that something was not cool. I've been reading um, Pantsuit Politics. I have a, a bad driving habit of getting frustrated with other drivers and saying unpleasant things. And one of the ladies from Pantsuit Politics in her book um, their book, I think you're wrong, but I'm listening, <laughs> mentioned that she was trying to retrain herself. So instead of like flipping off and swearing at other drivers, she would say, friend, be careful, <laughs> or something to that effect. I might be misremembering the exact phrase. So I was doing it, and Jack was like, that is really not cool, mom. You know what? Let us worry more about being kind than cool. Let us more, worry more about clarity and compassion than being right. Than forcing someone to know our self-perceived righteousness. As St. Francis said, let us worry more about understanding than being understood. It's not all about getting my point across, getting you to think like me, it's much more about understanding you where you are and where you have come from, and that must be understood before we can go forward together.
Let us clear all that which blocks transmission and receipt of and from God and between each other out of the way. Let us no longer let the enemy take and twist our words. May the Holy Spirit intervene and make all things clear. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, amen. Let's go ahead and say that prayer attributed to St. Francis. It's number 62 on page 833 of the Book of Common Prayer. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is discord, union. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Grant that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood is to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Almighty God, you have given us grace at this time with one accord to make our common supplication to you. And you have promised through your well-beloved Son that when two or three are gathered together, even virtually, in God's name, you will be in the midst of us. Fulfill now, O Lady, our desires and petitions as may be best for us, granting us in this world knowledge of your truth, and in the age to come life everlasting. Amen. Let us bless the Lady. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Glory to God, whose power working in us can do infinitely more than we can ask or imagine. Glory to her from generation to generation in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever. Amen. We live without fear, for our Creator has made us holy, has always protected us, and loves us as a good mother loves her children. We go now in peace to follow the good road, and may God's blessing be with us always. Amen.